0: Well, if we are talking in general, as you said, we should think why we are doing it and what we really want. And uh, unfortunately, many politicians nowadays thinking that if culture does not bring money, then we don't need so many orchestras, we don't need so much. What do you think in general? Why we are doing it? what we are
1: doing. In addition to ask this question why we are doing it to ourselves to you know, really start changing, uh, it's also important to, to uh, fight for the whole society. We cannot only see our little corner on the universe and think it's enough to go to the practicing room and become a better violinist. That in itself is of course very important, but it's not enough. So uh, as with anything you truly and passionately believe in, there uh, is sort of a duty to share that. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I I do think some of the great composers, I I like these quotes, uh, say my favorite quote by Gustav Mahler, He says, our duty on earth is to bring the flame on, not to store any ashes. So search for the flame, what is powering your desire, what you really want to express. But then there is also a duty to pass that on to the society in a way being missionary for, from, for what we believe in. And then of course we, We are not missionary, you know, trying to force people to to a new religion or something. But we are missionary for bringing meaning into the society, and we must always look for where would it have the most impact. I mean, I remember I did a tour with a friend of me, a guitar player, uh, Petter Richter, Uh, and we played at all the normal schools in Oslo age from six years to nine years. And this is so early people haven't still decided what they like. So I found out that most small children at that age can very much like classical music. It's not become unfashionable yet. So you can communicate directly with them. So I think maybe one of the most important things is to bring classical music back to wherever the young people are. So those times, if we can have classical music in a television show watched by young people, when we can bring it to a school, when we can bring it, for that matter, we must also look to social media, online games, TikTok, whatever platform. But if we can show something which is truly exciting, which we believe in ourselves, there is hope. For instance, my daughter composed a little piece some time ago and I made a video with her and so far this has been watched more than 100,000 times on Facebook. So Facebook is w- wonderful that way and that way she can express what she feels and it can mean something. That little video in itself brought us joy to make but this has actually for her led to her being invited to different concert arrangers and playing as an artist. So I think find out what you are really passionate about now it's easier than ever to share it that can be a good starting point so people can see what you love and i think classical musicians are not the best on that so there are other ones taking better advantage of social social media youtube and even better so but if you really find out this is what my passion is about, I, I, and you even cr- manage to create two minutes or three minute video like my daughter played of something she believed in, it could matter. And um, so to self-publish, anything is easier than ever. But of course, we need also to speak places where the general audience listen and sp- piece, pieces with, which would influence the politicians as well so we cannot let them get away with degrading culture to not critical for the society so we have to constantly show how it can be important i mean when south africa finally got rid of the um, apartheid system part of that they managed it was some really good movies made which Help the whole world opinion to, to, to get interested it emotionally. Now, sometimes we hear about terrible things around in the world and we do nothing. And we will continue probably to do nothing unless our emotions and feelings are really hurt by it. So I, I would like everybody to ask a question to themselves if they see, okay, there have been a plane crash, 290 people died. But then you look at, oh, that happened far away from where I live. And you sort of get less concerned about it. But if somebody should make a really good film about it and you got emotionally concerned, you would understand, of course, that those 290 people, it's equally bad that they, they die as if it happened in your own country. But somehow, and this is why, you know, in the Middle Ages, when... There was a rich man who basically owned the whole village. Today we say, oh, this was terrible. It's th- they had to slave for him. And, you know, today to to have the living standard we have, say, in Norway, we have just hidden the slaves. So those, those who work in a clo- clothing factory in Bangladesh being very, very poorly paid, we can't We can say, oh, but we just follow the regulations and the the treaties we have signed and everything is fair. So we don't have to see those slaves or those working in those ways. But we shouldn't allow ourselves that. So artists, some people would say, but political art is not so good. Well, you know this a Christmas tale by Charles Dickens. Have you seen this movie or a movie? Yeah, movie or the story, a Christmas tale by Charles Dickens. It's about a very rich man who has an employee who has a sick son, and he gives very little money, and this uh, the son is, you know, uh, very, very sick, and then the rich man is sort of brought to see possible futures. <laughs> And uh, anyway, some of your listeners might, might know this uh, story, which is uh, equally good. But then I think Charles Dickens managed here to combine great art with a consciousness about the society. So it's not absolutely not impossible, impossible at all. So the good stories to be told through art and to inspire through art can be found anywhere. And we should fight any type of injustice we currently manage to uh, close our eyes for, or think, "Oh, this is not our responsibility; the politicians should do that." Or, uh, I mean, we have this—we are just obeying uh, the current laws and things like that. It's not good enough. So, even if we hide the slaves, different parts of the world—if we are in one part of the world using enormous amount of resources. We are not even making ourselves and we justify it through some loss. I think these equations will never add up. So then we will never manage to do anything about global warming or poverty. But, but I do believe then artists and art can create change in the world it's maybe the only thing which can create a change in the world. I don't think science alone or politicians alone will manage. They have tried for so long time and they fail miserably. So, uh, so I, I do believe in the possible power of expressing something of value it could be done also not strictly through art but it's always a sort of creative force about behind changing the world so even persons who do it through science through creating missions to march to thinking new thoughts to to to, do even they have a type of not accepting the world as it is but Going out to change it and in a very similar idea for, for, what, for what the art world can can do. So I do uh, I, I want this to be more of a discussion in the public. And that we have a responsibility as artists to mean something about the whole society. <laughs> then we can also be worthy of receiving the support.
0: Yeah, that's what my idea as well, that we should try to bring as much value to the world as possible and not just consuming all the time. Yes. But you as, let's back to, to the violin, you as a very successful violinist, what you can uh, advise to Young Wireless, how to become successful. Yes, well,
1: it's more or less a rephrasing of what we have been talking about for some of the time. Be honest with yourself. What do you want? What do you really want? What do you love? Look for what you love in music until you have a story you want to tell. And then be brave enough to follow your heart. Look for possibilities where it at first glance maybe seems there is no. Look for the resource source in any situation you are. Every day of your life from today can always be meaningful. And you can always start to move in a direction which is based on your own expression, wish for expression and your own desires. Then I think it was Bateson who said, all the best things in life can never be controlled fully but what you can do is to put yourself in a position where they could happen so I think to play really from your heart it's also the willingness for, for, for fighting for the things you love to not try to control that whole process because the very controlling of the process pr- prevents your heart from speaking freely. And but, but then of course there is this practical sort of things. You must find ways to love the whole process. So I do not believe that you have to get through a lot of painful struggle to get a good results. I do absolutely not believe that. I think those times I've learned most in my life has always been when I had it most meaningful, meaningful and most fun. So I would like also to think that if you think, oh, I will have to do this for many, many hours and then in two years time, I will be uh, you know, accomplished and more happy. At best, this is a very slow way of learning. At worst, you get totally lost and forget what you love and get more miserable and you get more confused. So the big help for me then, which I would recommend to all listeners is four books. And if you have, say 10 or $11 to spare and a cell phone and a Kindle app, you can download it today. One book, which I've read five times, is The Inner Game of Tennis. Fantastic book. By the same author, I also recommend The Inner Game of Stress and The Inner Game of Work. Though I do not recommend The Inner Game of Music, where this author is cool writing it with another. Because I think in the very act of translating things from tennis to music yourself, is better than to try to adapt it, get it directly adapted through music. So even though the inner game of music, written by a double bass player, I think from Cincinnati Symphony, together with uh, Galway, even though he has many, many, many good things there and in the game has been very, very helpful for him, I find if people read the inner game of tennis and do this translation from. Tennis and thoughts to the music world themselves. That this is even better. <laughs> so in the inner Game of Tennis, and then there is another book, very little known outside of Norway and Netherlands. Uh, and this is called Effect. And this is by two psychologists called Bente Marie Ilen and Heidi Ilen and they wrote it together with the Olympic four times gold winner, Johan Olav Koss. This is possible to download from Kindle app, Amazon as well, in English. And this is written for communication and for, for sport, and also not for the purpose of music in itself. But this book I read eight times, and it's absolutely a lifesaver, because it learns... It, What it teaches you is to learn how to focus. So say, if you have 1% confidence in yourself, how can you make that 1% confidence grow to 90% confidence? Wouldn't that be wonderful? (laughs) So, and it also is very good about communication. And it also have very practical stories about how this ice skater managed to win those four gold medals, which is very contrary to what many people think it takes to become good. So, I would like to fight again some of this truth because I think it's unhealthy to believe in truths in themselves. There is this talk in the world that you have to do something for 10,000 hours to become good. Yeah. And this derives from race, where they found out that most people are really good at things used at least 10,000 hours to become that good. But to believe in statistics like that is very, very dangerous in my view. So first of all, we have through history Mozart and a lot of others who become incredibly good without using 10,000 hours much earlier. And you have a lot of people who use 10. 1,000 hours in a field without becoming particularly good. <laughs> so I think even if that statistics say that this is 90%, 98% of those who use 10,000 hours, uh, 98% of those who are really good use at least 10,000 hours, even that is dangerous to believe in. Because I think then if you want to, you can, choose and decide to become a, among those 2% who did it much faster. And you should also remind yourself that 10,000 hours in itself does not help you anything unless it is sort of focused work. So I I, I don't believe, I every time I hear a truth like that, I can say this is not true because you can with your own will and own choices. Be, be part of those two percent who does it otherwise and i think what does people who are really really good at any fields have in common it's more that they are willing to think themselves not listening to statistic not obeying rules so to all the young players who maybe listen here try to find out what you really love and follow your heart think that maybe what your teachers or conductors or otherwise tell you and they have the best intentions of you and it's meant to help. If you take the passive role as just doing what you are told, this is not the way to find yourself. The way to find yourself is, is there something which inspired me in in what the teacher or or, uh, conductor or whoever says? Why does that inspire me? Can I be even more inspired? And then say, Let's learn from that inspiration. I want to become my own teacher. So I tell my students when they start with me that I am not your teacher. I'm just a coach who will tell you a thing. You are your teacher and you have always been. And it's very dangerous for you believe, to believe that I am the teacher. You are the teacher. I will try to help you maybe becoming a better teacher for yourself. But you need to take the responsibility. Then in any set situation where you find yourself a victim, and it could be for the notation, oh, I have to do like this crescendo because it's written, I don't like it. Well, either find a way to love it and or change it. I mean, we need to be more radical in the uh, music world. And any time somebody tried to close the door in your face, as Ravel tried with to Toscanini, Don't allow it. Nobody can really close that door except yourself. So so if somebody tells you, don't rush, it's not in the music. If you happen to find that the Akshal Randu is what you find thrilling with that place, I can, of course, provide a lot of documentation that the composers actually allow those things, but nobody can really, you can hear what people say. Maybe you are in an orchestra and you have to do it that week, but still you can know that, oh, what I really want was something else. So remember that liberty is something you need to take. You cannot wait for somebody to give it to you. And um, if you sort of have these kind of guiding rules, then, of course, you will be responsible for your own life. And is that even possible within an orchestra? Yes, I believe so. So I constantly tell my orchestra in Tromsø. You should not do things because I tell them. And if you are bored in a rehearsal, it's your own, each of the 24 of you, it's your own responsibility to find meaning even then. And I grant you that you can try what you love most, even if it's directly contradictory to what I'm just saying, because I want really more energy from you as an orchestra, each of you. And then some players, I remember one time said, but how if I want to do action Dando and the next guy want to do retardando? Yeah, well, let's try. So if you are 24 people and everybody tries exactly what they want, but still listen to each other, it's actually not so very often it falls apart. But what can happen is that we are together in a completely different way than we were together before because we are not anymore trying to be together. To try to be together is a very bad way of being together. But when each becomes individual and they are to share what they feel, they are much more easy to read and they will inspire each other and each play will become conductive for the other. And sometimes at the best then, a new thing happens, which is better than anybody thought. And we have had a few rehearsals like that Say we played with all these four seasons 20 times and we recorded it. You can even listen to the recording if you want to play it for for your uh, listeners. I can even provide you access for yeah, that. you can turn it. And yes, but even then I said, now we have done this interpretation so many times. I'm getting a little bit bored about that. Now I would like to go a new place. Can everybody now take responsibility for their own happiness and fun? And then... <clears throat> Directly, we could play differently. I'm not saying this necessarily was better than the recording, but it was way different. So if you are afraid that things will fall apart, you don't really know that before you try. So trying is everything. You will seldomly feel more free in a concert than you have felt in a rehearsal. So when you rehearse a piece, you should be much, much more brave to to dare to be exactly who you are, so you are easy to read for the other players you play together with, and that will bring you on also. And this also with, you know, playing in the audition, I mean, if you are in a competition, you can't know exactly what the jury is looking for. So if I, for instance, happen to be in the jury, I will forgive a lot of mistakes if I get excited. And it wouldn't help at all if it's in tune and together if it doesn't excite me. So I'm looking for somebody telling me a story. (laughs) So this is also, if I'm in a classical concert and I get bored, usually I have the suspicion because nobody's really telling me a story. So I'm I'm looking for the storytelling, but some other judges might be looking for exactly other things. Well, that means that if you enter a competition, who is in the judge will, of course, influence who wins win the competition but then oh so then it's not fair no it's not fair (laughs) it's as fair as it can be hopefully if it's not a corrupted (laughs) competition but what have happened then well i've been judged in several competitions and like in the Leeds competition when i was judged in the piano competition eric Lou won and he was my favorite, then it's very, very easy. I feel very good about it. And I have invited him to play with me and my orchestra. But in some other competitions, what happens when the, the player I thought played best, for instance, didn't get a prize? Well, I invited him, as always, to Tromsø. Anyway, so think that when you enter a competition where there is team judges, oh, you might not win, but if you really impress one or two of the judges, that can lead you something completely irre- irrelevant of the actual competition. <laughs> so also here, if you, you apply for orchestra or something else and somebody get to know who you are, that could lead you to other things later on. So uh, we cannot control all these processes, but if you dare to be who you are, then you can really get friends in a different way. So some conductors who keep inviting me back and back again, do do that because I was courageous enough at, at the beginning to be who I are. Some conductor who maybe didn't like that and who hasn't invited me back ever again, Maybe that's okay. Maybe we weren't meant to play together. Maybe we we are at different places in the musical landscape. So if you want to please everyone and you give up yourself, this is the road I do not recommend. <laughs> but if you dare to find out what you love and take responsibility for your own motivation, which these books I talked about would help before, you could maybe reach much further than you are currently thinking, allow yourself to daydream what do you really want, what do you absolutely want. Is there a way to actually do more of that? And especially like with me, that what I really want was connected with meaning and not with position. Of course, part of me still wants to play as a soloist with Berlin for the first time. And I haven't done it yet. But actually for me, it's not the most important thing at all. The most important thing for me is to play meaningful. So I would then rather play meaningful for hundred people in a small town than say all the things I have done. I played twice in the Royal Albert Hall. One of the concerts was fantastic, I believe. But in itself, the acoustic there is not that good. And it's not the thing in itself, but it's how it it felt. So playing a Royal Albert Hall can be fantastic and it can be Slightly less meaningful. And for me, meaning trumps everything. So would I rather be less famous and compose as I do now or more famous and stop composing? No doubt in my heart. For me, composing is so important that I choose the meaning of that and then make my priorities due to what I really, really believe in myself. So um, anyway, I hope any of these can be helpful for any of your uh, listeners. And of course, there isn't one truth. So the, all the things I tell my students. is now I've been talking a lot and I'm passionate about things. This is just one way of thinking about it. Also, if you had an interview with me in two years, I might say something completely different. Because I don't value this type of integrity that you have to mean the same for the rest of your life so if you ask me again about today and you say two years ago you said this and this and this i might answer you what a stupid thing to say i don't mean that any anymore (laughs) (laughs) i will not defend what i don't mean anymore so i think integrity in that sense is overrated it prevents change leave behind whatever you did yesterday if it's if you don't mean it anymore don't Throw good time after bad time. Don't defend how you practiced yesterday if it hasn't brought you where you want. Introduce new ways of practicing, and if they bring new places, continue with those things until you find even better ways. And but most people don't want to accept that. Oh, have I wasted 90% of my time? Of course you have. Everybody wastes 90% of their time. Even more. I used to waste 98% of my time but when practicing. But now maybe I think I waste only 80% of time. So instead of learning at a 2% uh, pace, i learn done at a 20% page, page. But I don't, every time I see, oh, what a stupid way to practice, stop doing that then and start to uh, do it a new way that might lead you new places. So if you have now currently done 12 keys of Carl Fresh scale system, and you have 12 more keys to go but think that it could be interesting to try out instead improvising in the morning for warm-up as i do don't think that you have to do the 12 rest of the keys first and then do the improvising start with what you believe in right away
0: oh well, it's very interesting what you're telling and maybe some last but not easiest question <laughs> yes it's very uh, very nice what you told that we should um, care more about what happens in the world. And I myself felt pretty much connected to it because I myself originally from Ukraine and we had uh, all kind of problems war, poverty, corruption, you know. Mm-hmm. But in your opinion, well what we can do in our musician world because uh, you know many people feel that it's not fair and not equal as whole world are also not fair and not equal but what we can do ourselves with it well
1: of course there isn't one answer to that but i think each of us could do something slightly different but it starts with you know first of all finding out what you love how we want want the world to change and then see is there some creative angle to achieve this? I haven't thought about. So it could be, I mean, the two minute video on YouTube done the right way. Who knows? So, uh, but once you start to feel responsible to search for ways like that and express them, if you find them, things can happen. But uh, if you wait to know the answer before you try, nothing will happen. So, so... It isn't it's impossible to do just one answer, but once you put yourself in motion and you start to to actual, actually do things, not only think about things, but think about things, of course, is very important, but to actually translate it into whatever you think is the best action at the moment, but then of course, constantly evaluate if it's uh, good, once you start to influence the world, and even our conversation here now is a way to do that. Who knows what that would lead to. Uh, once you do that, you cannot know all the consequences of that. And maybe one little thing you thought was were insignificant could be the most important thing, and maybe what you used three years for has absolutely no impact. Uh, but I always like to look back at history. So say Gandhi and what he did for India. There was a school teacher who came to Gandhi and he said, What can I do about the world? I'm just a school teacher in a small village. And do you know what Gandhi answered him? What? Gandhi answered him that you should remember that my teacher, who I owe everything to, had only one pupil, me. And that was enough. <laughs> and so if you sort of take it seriously, maybe you, you can only influence friends, seven young people in, in, in at the local musical school you are. Maybe even what you you say to that person could lead that person to change the world forever. So, this ripple effects is impossible to see, but once you are in action and actually try for what you believe in in various ways, you have put yourself in a position where things can start to happen. So, but once you either don't even ask questions or you just, you just let them stay in your head and do nothing the chances are of course are way less that things would happen so what can what can you do well probably a lot all of the ones who are listening and maybe what you are doing today
0: after hearing this could
1: be what saves the world
0: all right well thank you kenning okay. <laughs> For this nice interview, it was very informative and oh, it's a pleasure! Yeah, it's and very inspiring. <laughs> so, I want to thank our listeners for listening and hope to see you, our listeners, in the next episode. Thank you, goodbye. Oh, goodbye, thanks for inviting me here.